The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual brought to you by Workforce Staffing. How does one turn disruption into innovation? By using Workforce Staffing scalable and agile staffing solutions. Good evening to you, Colin Cullis. Burying your dead. Uh, I was going to, I thought it would be a, in, in wonderful good taste to play a bit of Monty Python's Bring Out Your Dead. Uh, I listened to it again. <laughs> I'm just not in the mood, frankly, with load shedding and COVID about. Um, but, but certainly the way in which we treat our dead, I, I think, is very cultural. It's quite specific across borders and in South Africa, based on the survey that you ran coming into this interview. It, it doesn't seem we're all that keen on cremation as an option uh, for our mortal remains one day. Uh, you're right, Bruce. And, and, and part of the leading and, and why I was looking to have a look at it, it's, it's how we deal with things when they come to the end of their lives or when we have to say goodbye to them. And certainly for, for just about everybody, uh, the last two years have had more than enough exposure to having to say goodbye and not being able to do things the way we used to do it. Um, and if I could give you or ask you this trivial question, because it's facing a similar fate, what is the Monte de Pasci di Siena? It sounds like a delicious um, balsamic vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it unfortunately uh, will, will um, pass most likely soon, but it is the world's oldest bank. It's the Bank of Siena. It was founded in 1472. Uh, and as a, as a consequence of time and its current reserves and, and all of the consequences of COVID and recessions, uh, it, it simply is not passing those uh, those tests to be able to survive. And so the question is, what happens to it when it passes? The city of Siena, it's right in the center of the town. It is absolutely part of, you know, the, the lifeblood of, of, of the town and a major employer. Um, and, and so that is kind of a context in part to, to have a look at this. The, the real starting point for me was that uh, COP26, uh, which, you know, is, is supposedly the option for the planet leaders to get together uh, and to discuss how well they're doing with their plans to uh, mitigate global warming, uh, warming, uh, the, the short synopsis of that is they're failing, um, has at its heart the fact that we're simply uh, burning too much and adding too much here to, to the atmosphere. And uh, one of the elements that, that is going to become a factor, it's a small factor, by, by, by no means is this a major contributor, but as the world's population has grown to the point now where we're just shy of 8 billion people, it means that in any given year, excluding pandemic years, about 60 million people will die. And so the question about how we most responsibly can bury them, where we bury them, how can we remember them, becomes a question. Uh, Back in 2016, we had a look at this one, and then I was sort of focusing on the digital elements, the sort of methods that we were using and how it was disrupting, uh, you know, the the technology to try and make you live longer or or make you live on digitally, etc. But the thing is, it's really a look at how we deal with our mortal remains and what's the best option for it. And for the longest time, because cities grew uh, and cemeteries were the way to go and burials were certainly the most common option, uh, we started running out of space uh, and, and, and building more space for cemeteries that often, you know, they're not the best use of land given how relatively infrequently a lot of people will go there. Uh, the, the notion of cremation became more and more popular. It is a fantastic solution for not using the space. It is a good solution for not leaving much remains. It is quick and it is relatively cheap. However, it does use fuel possibly uh, as much as, you know, filling up a, filling up a car to, to try and, uh, you know, is, is the amount of fuel you need uh, to cremate a body. Uh, and along with it, you're not just giving off that heat, but you're giving off the carbon dioxide. And increasingly, um, the stuff that's in our body actually adds to pollutants. 
And depending on how good a, a crematorium you have, you either have to have pretty expensive technology to ensure none of that escapes, or you simply add to that problem. Uh, and so the UN themselves have been saying that with you know, a quarter of the world's deaths account, uh, coming from things like air pollution, then we hardly want to add to the death toll by us burning the dead. Uh, that leaves us then with a, with a challenge to say, well, if we can't go back to burying people in cemeteries that we have been, and cremation is not a good idea, what else is there? And I've got... Two alternatives. Uh, one is readily available. The other one, they're still sort of uh, working and refining. Uh, but they're, they're pretty natural processes. Uh, the, the first one is called aquamation. It's basically putting you in, in water to dispose of the body, to dissolve the body, rather than in, in flames. And maybe it's worthwhile pointing out, you say, well, if you're going water, how is that possibly called cremation? And this is the sort of technical description. If you bury somebody in the ground and you, you let them naturally compose, it's burial. If you um, render their body no longer human remains, by any other means, it's, it's known or it's currently called cremation. In time, they might give it its own title, but right now, it's just called cremation. And so this uh, cremation in water, or uh, alkali hydrolysis, it's also sometimes called, is becoming more popular, despite being way more expensive than uh, a cremation, uh, and, and generally would still leave you with, you know, just some remains, rather than having, uh, you know, to, to buy a plot in a cemetery and all the cost that goes with that. It also uses less energy. The, the amount of water it uses is, is negligible. It's, it's not great. I mean, it'd be great if it used less water, but it's not an insurmountable amount, uh, and it doesn't use the space. Uh, and, and that is available here in South Africa uh, and probably is going to grow and become the next best one. In terms of those alternatives that I was asking people ahead of the show, I gave burial as an option, and about 31% of people, a third of them said, yes, I'll go for burial. A third said cremation, and a third, just over a third, 36%, said they were open to alternatives. And so possibly, uh, if you have the money, and in time enough more people use this, the costs come down, then perhaps this acclimation is, is the way to go. But there might be even a more sustainable, and I think uh, even better one for the environment, because along with somebody dying and you having to say goodbye is the notion of where, where do you go and visit them afterwards? And of mm-hmm. course, if you've cremated somebody, you've, you've got some remains, you've scattered them and then, well, where is that? Or you have to go to some other park or a, a wall or, you know, it, it's not necessarily the best place. And again, we're not necessarily making the most use of the space. Well, this notion of, of um, composting, they've got a slightly better name for it, but <laughs> I'm going to call it composting. Effectively, you get put into this container along with a bunch of organic matter and oxygen, this is the important thing, which allows the body to break down in about 50 days. Uh, and once it's broken down, it's no longer human remains. And that's a key part about this process as well. If there are actual human remains, well, that's weird, and you know, there's all sorts of legal reasons you can't be scattering human remains all over the show. Uh, but this is now completely uh, decomposed. It's basically turned back into what you know, compost is made out of. And so it can be used as a regular soil fertilizer. Uh, and in some respects, then that can be used in parks, for example, uh, and, and can be scattered there. I, I, I know for, for some occasions, of some years back, Liverpool and Fields Ground uh, had to you know, tell people, long-time fans, to say, oh, I'd love for my, my ashes to be scattered at the ground. And the ground keeps say, I, I can't anymore because there's too much ash composition. It's ruining the pitch. Um, so this at least would give you that option. Again, if you keep going yeah, But, route, but, isn't, say, but isn't that wonderful? If you went to your favorite park and, you know, you just granddad's, the vision of your granddad and many other grandparents and, and, and others who have died is all around you because you've done something useful. You've gone back to nature, for goodness sake. I mean, it just seems like such a glorious, uh, glorious innovation. Yeah, and, and you know, there's, there's that notion that says, you know, when I die, I take some of my ashes and plant it under a tree and you plant a tree. Well, 
these guys talk about saying, don't just become a tree, become the entire forest. Because effectively, you, you, you're fertilizing everything that is there. And then if it's a regular park, you know, don't make it feel weird that you're now going to a place where dead people are buried, which uh, maybe unfairly some people do associate with a cemetery, particularly if it's a very, you know, if it's been there for a long time, and typically cemeteries are there for very long times, so it's a, another challenge to it, um, then this is a much better option. Although, uh, hat tip to uh, a, a cemetery in Spain, uh, they use this sort of internment option, so they either had the ashes or the entire caskets uh, built into these uh, tombs in, in long walls built into the cemetery. Uh, and that on its own would have been you know, a pretty medieval-looking kind of cemetery. Uh, but on top of all of the walls, there was obviously just empty space. And they put solar panels across the entire cemeteries, all of the, the tops of the walls. And so now it's actually doing something quite practical. It's generating energy. It's possibly using that to, uh, to, to uh, pay for the upkeep of, of, the, of the cemetery and make it easier for those who are interned there. I thought that was quite a clever idea. Even better, though, was uh, a particular cemetery that they have in South Korea in Seoul. It's these 13 quite large towers arranged, arranged almost as, uh, no, towers, glass towers. When you walk into the base of them, it's like you're walking into a library. There's a cafe at the bottom, a seating area, a meeting place of stuff. But up along the walls and for a good couple of floors as you go up, are what look like books. But inside those books are the remains and a brief history of the person who was interred there. Um, and I suppose it's a, it's, a, it's a switch from being entombed somewhere, from being entombed somewhere, because now you literally are, you know, in, in a book. And again, their, their point is that rather than being a cemetery where you go only if there is somebody you knew that was there, it becomes a meeting place. It's a, it, it's a place where you can go for a coffee, have a conversation, and otherwise just enjoy a bit of silence and peace and quiet in otherwise a, a very busy sort of city setup. So I think those, those sorts of notions... Uh, work quite well. The, the catch of the, the, decomp- the decomposing method at the moment is it's still very expensive. It's only a few places in the U.S. that currently do it. Five thousand dollars, eighty thousand rand for a burial, which would be very, very expensive by, by anybody's standards. And, and to this particular company called Recompose has done about 42 people so far. So it's still very, very early on in, in improving the concept and, and making it work. But it's relatively simple technology. Once the scale can be created and be rolled out and ultimately approved, because you do need uh, a legal approval to just chuck people into, you know, a bit of ground and say, don't worry, I'm just decomposing them and we'll do something with afterwards, which is absolutely fine and well. Uh, but I think that hopefully is, is again, much less, you know, no, no energy issues, uh, much less use of water, and you're returning somebody to become completely back part of nature again. And so if ever the line from dust, uh, we come and to dust we will return, well, then I guess that is the method that, if we go back to our ancestors, was the version that they used. But then you donate your money, your body to science. I think that is a very noble thing. It's a a bit odd to think you'll be poked about and judged and uh, everything else on uh, a student's table. But boy, that's serving a purpose. And then there are all these weird and wonderful things. I quite fancy being compressed into a diamond. You know, 44 carats, I think I'd make. I don't know how many. Um, but uh, it sounds expensive, but what a lovely idea. Uh, and then your, your your children could wear you as a piece of jewellery. Indeed, you know, the classic line that says, oh, that's a beautiful diamond, whose is it? And rather than you saying, oh, it's my grandmother's, you can now say, it is grandmother. Uh, but that might freak out some people. But yeah, there are some really wonderful other options. I'll leave a couple of those all online uh, for people to have a look at. But really, the, the final notion for us, I suppose, given that we've had two years to have to think about how to say goodbye and potentially not have the opportunity to do so, uh, which obviously would have been very frustrating and not great. But I do think in some respects, and I don't know if it's more so in South Africa, but my sense is that it certainly increased a lot in South Africa, is that funerals didn't become these 
great opportunities to say goodbye to the departed person and, and to gather with family to, to pay your respects. They almost became a bigger and bigger and more elaborate event that you know, would have been a burden to the person living to have to try and save up to be able to pay for it while they were alive or become a burden to the friends and family afterwards because of the cost that it'll saddle them with. And so rather than perhaps having these massive elaborate funerals as a once-off, uh, finding an option where we can have a space, greater space, and then go and revisit those people, go and remember them in all the good times, many times afterwards, and the other groups of people would be a much better way for us to uh, finally say goodbye to those who leave us. Colin Cullis, thoughtful. Thank you, business unusual contributor on the Money Show, Colin Cullis.